podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Well, welcome to the US pod on Anfield Index. Uh, getting the getting the gang together for uh, you know a quick chat about the Reds and a word that begins with a Q that I will not say but repeatedly tease for the next however long we're speaking. Joining me, your host Justin Wells tonight, are uh, some regular some regular uh, voices on this particular podcast. Uh, introducing first a man who's been with me since the beginning, a uh, Mr. Kevin Haggerty. Hello, Kevin. How are you? Hey. Hey, Justin, it's been a while. I feel like we threw the, flares, threw the flares off for this one and said, you know what, let's record whatever happens after United. But we kind of knew what was going to happen, didn't we? So, yeah, happy to be here. Ah. Uh, you know, you're, you're definitely not, a, this, you know, not, not signed in here as the Phil Jones of this podcast, so I think that's a good start. I, I hope um, speaking of the Phil Jones of this podcast, joining, me, joining us also is Lubo. How you doing, Lubo? <laughs> Wow, the Phil Jones of the podcast. Uh, ouch. Ouch, that, that hurts. But uh, listen, you know, he, he had 45 minutes. It was, it was, it was definitely a, a gambit. It was definitely something that I did not expect. And uh, it didn't really work out very well, luckily for us. But uh, I'm happy to be here tonight on a, on a late Tuesday night and just talk, talk some, some, some football and some Liverpool. Yeah, well, that's what, that's what we're going to do. But before we get into that, we're also just going to bring in our, our, our fourth guest. You've heard him before, the pride of the Chicagoland area, Scott Chandler. How you doing, Scott? I'm good. Uh, it's hit or miss whether I'm going to be the Paul Pogba of the podcast. I might see how it goes for the first 10 just, minutes, and if I don't like it... out after a couple of minutes. Just check yeah. it out. <laughs> if I'm not feeling it, I'm out. I know. You know, that, that's... Uh, that's really a good place to kind of maybe start our discussion. Um, Paul Pogba, this is the first thing I want to ask you guys. Do you think he's actually injured, or you just thought he said after five minutes, like, fuck this? Lubo? I didn't even realize that, that there was something wrong with him. I just saw Je- uh, Lingard warming up, and I thought uh, Rangling is over-engineering it. He realized this uh, 5-3-2 is not going to work, so he wanted to bring in a midfielder with legs, and then I realized, and then I saw that Pogba was limping off. So I have no idea. I I didn't realize. I didn't know if he got injured or if there was a tackle or what happened. I was as surprised as anyone to see him come out. I was not ten minutes or so. So I I, I don't have an opinion. I don't have an opinion on him. How about, how about you, Scott? Do you, do you think that he tapped out, or do you think he actually was hurt? I think it's a bit of both. I think. Both he and Ralph Ragnick wanted a, a, sa- a face-saving excuse for just to have him out of there. He didn't want to be there, and I think Ralph saw him just blatantly not give a shit as half of our team stormed down the other end and put an easy goal and was just like, I got to get this guy out of here. But if he had hooked him off purely tactical substitute, I mean, all the narratives would have exploded. So Pogba and his, you know... Actors limp, I think, gave him a you know saved him a little face. It, it had it had shades of Paul Pierce coming out of the NBA Finals, uh, acting like he needed to be wheelchaired off, and really he just had to, to take a number two. And, and Kev, do you think he tapped out? Number two would have been a better excuse. Um, yeah, <laughs> they call that the Lamar Jackson. <laughs> yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I honestly think it's uh, it's probably along the lines of what um, Scott was talking about. He probably Pogba doesn't want to be there anymore um, in the club, let alone in this match. Um, and he probably he probably did felt something. They're saying it's a calf 
muscle thing and he probably felt something slight and went, well, there's, there's my excuse. And then that was it. So, um, and I feel like it'll be like that for the rest of the season. So it's been nice seeing you, Paul, you know, enjoy greener pastures, wherever those are. Yeah. So I think that actually brings me to the first thing I might want to talk about. This is a non Liverpool topic, but I do think that it's kind of fun to see exactly what you guys are thinking here. Um, who do you actually think is going to finish in fourth? Um, Kevin, I'm going to start with you. Jesus. Uh, I did not see that one coming. Um, I don't, like, honest, a couple, like maybe a week ago or maybe even one game ago, I would have said Spurs, surprisingly. Um, but, like, three weeks ago, I would have said oh, it's easily Arsenal. <laughs> but now it's like no one wants it. Um, it's not going to be United, and it's not going to be West Ham as good as they they um they've been this year and i i give Moyes credit for that um but eh, at a push i'm gonna say spurs just because the it's a better manager and if you can get what he's getting out of kane and son is just son you're probably gonna win more games than you lose so i'll say spurs and uh lubo i'm gonna go to you next on this one Who, who do you think I'll go with Spurs, uh, mostly because they have the three points in hand. And the, the game in hand that Arsenal have is, I believe, tomorrow at Chelsea. And I, I mean, maybe, maybe Arsenal can go to Stamford Bridge and win, and then they'll be level on points. I don't see it. It's possible. It's definitely Arsenal have been footballed lately. I, I think Kaylee posted a, a tweet which I only saw because he was posted on Discord, you know, having been temporarily, hopefully temporarily banned from Twitter for reasons. Uh, <laughs> because but, uh, reasons. Because reasons, right? Uh, so uh, Arsenal definitely have been on, uh, unlucky the last three games, but they've been playing fairly well. Some of it is game state, of course. But the fact that they have their game in hand is at Chelsea tomorrow, which I don't see them necessarily winning. And uh, they have a head-to-head with Spurs, but it is at at Spurs at the new uh, Spurs Stadium. I think that tips it uh, to to Spurs in, in my book. But you know anything can happen, as we saw Spurs being completely flat uh, over the weekend against Brighton and just completely surrendering. And I I'm fully counting on Liverpool just wiping the flow with Spurs in a couple of weeks at 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 Anfield, which could give some some hope to Arsenal. But for now, I'll just hedge my bets and I'll say it'll be Spurs. Go back to what Lubo was talking about. Sorry to cut you off. Uh, Kaylee was taking a look at the XG against uh, Crystal Palace, Brighton, and Saints. And Arsenal was outscored 6-1, to one, but they were had the better XG at almost 5-2 to two plus one pen. So it was just like miserable, miserable luck, basically. And the map is pretty astonishing. Um, but, you know. I mean, they could bounce back from that, but it might be too late, as Lubo was saying. So we'll see. That's baseball season. Um, <laughs> and uh, Scott, um, I'm going to give you a slight little detour on this. If you had to sit there and try to describe Mikel Arteta's footballing style, do you think you could? And if you can, what is it? Uh, I would say it's the Shasta or Diet Right, Diet right Guardiola. Basically, just the, that knockoff they get. It's not even Kirkland brand. I mean, at least Kirkland, you know, you're basically getting the same thing from Costco. The solid brand, Kirkland. I mean, Kirkland. Do they have I mean, Costco in the UK? I don't know if they, I'm not even sure if they do. But If they don't, I mean, it's only a matter of time before Costco takes over the world. It's just going to be United States of Amazon and, you know, the United Costco Republics or whatever. But, uh, no, there's... He he's basically just trying to take what he cribbed from Guardiola, but he just doesn't have anywhere near the players to execute. I mean, I, I do agree with you guys. I think it is Spurs based on some of the stuff. I mean, Spurs get to, to have that uh, North London derby at home. They have the better run in, but for the sake of not just saying all the same stuff, if I had to to come up with an argument as to why it would be Arsenal, I think it would be that XG. Kaylee hit it on the head. I mean, they are kind of getting footballed right now, but time is a dwindling. But if they can get anything out of tomorrow's match, after that, they play the decaying Manchester United team who is just, I mean, Bruno Fernandes said they don't have anything to fight for. That about sums it up right there. So, I mean, you figure they can get some three points there. And then after that, it's 
Arsenal's got West Ham, who's really focused on winning Europa, because that's their best chance, which might screw us over, but that's another story. And then Arsenal get Leeds that match at Spurs, and then finish with that Newcastle, who will probably done at home, done and dusted, and then home Everton on the last day of the season, and Everton are dying just to, to collapse. So the window is there if they can get their shit in gear and actually, you know, have the the football gods, you know, bestow them with some luck, the opposite of what they've been getting. But it's getting harder and harder to see a path for them based on recent results for sure. For sure. And, you know, I think that's a good place to stop talking about other football teams. Let's talk about Liverpool now. So, um, Lubo, I, I know that you have been um, recently banned from Twitter. And I guess the first thing I want to ask is, did you miss it on a day like today? Yeah, the, probably the, the day like today. And, and, and mostly because you just want to go on Twitter and just brag and retweet stuff and all of the fun fun tweets and, and post other tweets and, and just join. And, you know, you know that meme of uh, Squidward looking out the window and, and seeing SpongeBob and... Uh, Patrick Starr running outside, and <laughs> that was a little bit like me today. Uh, but uh, the, the the funny thing about my account, though, is even though I'm still suspended and I've appealed, I can still go on on uh, Twitter and I can read everything. So p- things, p- my people I follow, I can still see everything in my timeline. I just cannot like, I cannot retweet, I cannot do anything. I see tons of commercials, so Twitter is definitely happy to show me, uh, you know, promoted tweets by the Kardashians and by uh, 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 Christian Pulisic and his, uh, what is this, uh, the, the, what's that, the Chipotle, right? I see those all the time, but, but I just can't post. So anyhow, I'm, I'm appealing, I'm hopeful. But uh, but regardless, today is one of those days where you want to be on social media and you just want to uh, brag and, uh, and 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 partake or at least observe the misery of of United fans. Yeah, um, that that is a fun point. But um, Kevin, I, I want to ask if uh, Lubo needs a character witness for his appeal. Would you would you volunteer to do that? Um, yes, I, of course, I would. I would. I would write up uh, uh, something very nice about our friend Lubo, but I think you'll be fine once Elon Musk comes in. Don't worry. He's going to let everything happen, so don't worry about it. I like how Lubo is pretending he doesn't have a burner account, Kevin Durant style, and isn't just on Twitter anyway, but good to keep up the facade, stay below the radar. Hopefully you can get out of Twitter jail. I, I, don't, I don't need it, though, because, as I said, I can read everything. I just can't, I can't comment, and I, I, I can be a little... A, a little shit on Twitter to to other other people. I, I can I, other I cannot. Famous uh, people. Yeah, other famous. You know, I I cannot quote tweet uh, Jamie Carragher, which is what That's I believe got me, what I believe got me into this uh, this predicament. But um, you know, we'll see. Let, let let let's see if 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 Twitter's uh, standards and and appeal processes work. Are you talking about my new friend Jamie that I that I, that I met? On yeah, you on on the. On the line on the line street station platform, which which reminds me, Justin, if you have his phone number or WhatsApp, maybe you can just send him a message and just drop him a line and say, "Listen, this guy Lubo, he's he's you're mad, uh, you're mad at him, you got him banned. Maybe he can just work his magic." Uh, I, I will see what little influence I possibly have. Um, but just say that, just tell him that all his jokes with Michael Richards on the CBS broadcast are obviously hilarious. And he'll you'll be back in his good graces, no problem. Every single one of them landing. Speaking of landing, um, it seems like the rumors of the demises of both Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane have been greatly exaggerated. Um, Salah recently, as everybody knows, unless you've been living under a rock and this is the first Liverpool content you're consuming in a long time. In which case, I have asked case, you why you this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, in, uh, but it seems as if, you know, some of Mo's all-around game, had, I think, had been underappreciated recently while the goal scoring hit, hit a little bit of a rough patch. But uh, that was resolved today. And then Sadio Mane seems to be look, uh, look quite reborn in the number nine role. And I just want to understand what you guys think about the futures of those two 
as it goes for this season and beyond and whether or not you do see a future with both of them at Liverpool or if you do think one's going to be moved on. So, Kevin, you know, it's often been said that the two of them also look, you know, maybe don't get along. But watching the two of them play together, they look like two guys who uh, really get along. Yeah, I don't care if they play like this. I don't care how they feel about each other. Um, Don't have to be friends with the people you work with, right? Um, But as far as the future is concerned, I mean, I think we should be doing our part to sign Salah to a long-term deal, I think. He may be the only exception I've felt in that sort of space in a long time because I'm usually the one like, well... He'll be this age when you sign him for this much, and then where this is sort of a sunk cost, and but you know more of the analytical side there. But I think with him, it, it, undoubtedly, he's one of the greatest Liverpool players we've ever had. Um, and as you said recently, you know, did he need a goal from open play? Yeah, probably. But you could see against City, and you could see in a few of the other matches that the things he, he was doing the right things. It just you know just wasn't hitting the back of that form, but then, you know, it only takes one game to turn yourself around, so here we are. Um, as far as both of them being here, um, sort of long, or say medium term, because I don't know how long they'll be around, but um, I don't see it, unfortunately, and I think Mane will be the one to go, but this is based on literally nothing. Um, it's just a thought I have. Um we are seem to be a stacked squad right now, but I think we're after we're probably after a few more acquisitions to sort of turn over this entire group of players very slowly. Um, and it just makes sense looking at the front line that probably one more will leave and we'll bring somebody else in. I don't think Bobby's going anywhere. I think he'll be with us till he's eighty. Um, so yeah, I think Monty will probably go. I'm not sure if that means like this summer, but I think he'll go within the next couple of. I would say the next three transfer windows, he probably won't be here anymore. And hopefully Mo signs, because if he doesn't sign, then obviously he's the one. But uh, yeah, I'm happy to keep both of them as long as they want to stay, because it's not my money. But if I have to think analytically, I think you sign Mo to you know something substantial, and then you look at what you can do with Mane in the market to, to better our position. And uh, Lubo, do you, you share those thoughts? And also, I want to get your thoughts on... Uh what you do see as Bobby Firmino's long-term role in the team. So, obviously, Mo is a no-brainer, and and I believe that there's a deal in place uh, for him to stay just because he's so unique. One, I mean, he's so good. He's also so unique, and he's so instrumental to the way we play, and, and he has the profile of someone where... You see now, I mean, it's a lot of it is 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 there. There are still goals where he just sprints down the wing and he scores, but more and more it's around his creativity and his ability to create for others. So I, I do hope that uh, Mo Mo stays and and we see an announcement of a new deal. Sadio is an interesting uh, character because I I mean as as you you may know. I, I've been one of his biggest fans uh, on uh, on Discord and over and Twitter as well over the last couple of years. And I've always believed that uh, looking at his underlying numbers and shots and and uh, other, other other statistics that he was mostly fine. He just had this really terrible season, well, a couple of seasons. Uh, but uh, I, I kept kept believing that he'll bounce back and he will... Uh, you know he'll he'll revert to scoring goals and and and, and being a top level striker, but you you do question you know having a thirty year old he just turned thirty I think a couple of weeks ago a few days ago uh, having a thirty year old uh, uh, winger when when do his legs give out and I think that the the, the move to uh, to a number nine to move him there with uh, with Diaz coming in. And I think Jota is more comfortable on the left wing as well, even though he can play the number nine as well. I think this would prolong uh, Sadio's. This could prolong Sadio's career um, by making him a, a more of a default number nine. Um, and he's 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 taken to that position like a duck to water. I've, I've seen the numbers. I think he scored eight goals, eight or nine goals as as the the number nine, the default number nine striker. And he does have that pass. He's a, he's underrated, uh, creative passer. Um, he, and he like we saw today for for the assist to to Mo's goal, he can link up play. He's not 
quite Bobby Firmino, but he can do that. And um, I actually hope that he stays. I hope that he signs if, if, if and when Mo signs a deal. I do hope that Sadio also signs, which does bring the question that you asked, Justin, what happens to Bobby? And I honestly think Bobby will stay. I could see Bobby being uh, a bit like uh, uh, James Milner, just you know, maybe uh, signing one or uh, one-year deals to stay as long as his legs can carry him, because he's just so Liverpool. He and and he, you know he's he's not, not going to play as as many games, but he there will be games where he could he could come in he could do very well, and I think he's just such a big part of that Brazilian. Uh, you know, South American, um, you know, um, Spanish group of players that we have that I think just like with Milner, those intangibles or, or things off the pitch could play a role. And I, I could just see Bobby wanting to stay for as long as Liverpool would have him. And I, I think Klopp has all the time in the world for him. So I could see kind of one-year deals for him uh, for another two, three, four years until he's he's had enough, his legs have, have given up. And then... Uh, he just moves on. Just a couple of things on that that actually made me think there, Luba. I actually never thought of that, that moving Mane centrally might extend not only his career as a player, but his Liverpool career. Because if he could, if he becomes even a, an even greater asset in that position, then his value to the club goes up. And as we know, every player has a value to us. So um, maybe he does stay pending you know like we could just release him as the number nine when we know he could play in that now sometimes you need somebody like jota or sometimes sometimes bobby depending on who you're playing but it could be another reason for us to keep him around and then you just fit the pieces in you know around around that position because he has backup built in 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 bobby and jota and jota could play wide as well and you could move bobby to midfield to be honest I just and the second thing I want to say was it's interesting that we're talking about these two players um, based on when they came to the club because so Bobby's the epitome of that like sort of horrible relationship between the manager and the transfer committee and the transfer committee getting the player right and us just not using him correctly until the right manager came in and then Mane who we're talking about is sort of the beginning of the Klopp revolution where we take this player who, I mean, for all intents and purposes, destroyed us. <laughs> um, but he had all the pieces, you know, he has all the tools and we, and our, our team and uh, obviously Klopp thought he could be even better. And, and again, they were correct. And I think it's just really interesting that we're, we're talking about these two right now, these many years later, and they could still have an impact on the club. And if you, if you just listen to how uh, uh, Klopp speaks uh, about them, uh, in the, uh, I think it was the pre-game, uh, pre-match program uh, for the FA Cup. Uh, Klopp had uh, several paragraphs on Sadio, and if you just read how uh, Klopp, you know, talks about him, and obviously Klopp says a lot of things, and you you can't believe everything he says, but just uh, you 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 could feel that Klopp has all the time in the world for Sadio. He has all the time in the world for Bobby, <laughs> possibly even more so than Mo. And even though Mo makes the most sense to extend from a purely player perspective, but just the way Klopp speaks about Bobby and, and Sadio, you could guess that he would just literally he he would keep them forever if he could. I think the James Milner, the forward James Milner comparison is pretty good. I mean, if you go back and look at what Bobby has featured this season, he obviously played a lot. Uh, when Mo and Sadio were at Afghan, I mean that was by necessity. You had had to play, and we only had so many options, even with bringing Diaz in. And you know, then after they came back, he kind of got phased out a little bit, but featured you know some big goals in limited time against Inter and Arsenal. And then he had that great match recently against Benfica. But I, I thought he was going to play versus Manchester City. I thought he would have played at least started in one of those two matches recently, and he didn't. And he barely featured his little more than, you know, uh, near the end of the match subs. But his value is, you know, is having, you know, somebody you can rely on. And I think, you know, the the James Miller comparison, I think even James Miller might have said that Bobby is one of the most low-maintenance players he ever met. I mean, he's just somebody that gets along with everybody. He's not a diva. He's somebody who probably would accept uh, a lesser role, you know, as he ages. And he can still give you 
you know, what that link of play, that defensive ability from the front with also some goals here and there, especially against Arsenal, who he just something the Gunners did to him, you know, in this lifetime or another that just personally insulted him. He just always has to score against them. But I think the, the, really the issue is, and it's not, you know, this isn't football manager, this isn't FIFA, but I mean, you do look at it, you have three of your main forwards, you know, one of the least was being phased out and Mane's having a, a, you know, kind of a, or, you know, revolutionary or rejuvenation. He's back to something approaching something a few years ago and he's thriving in a new role. But you're going to have to, to make a choice at some point. And the issue with the three of them is Bobby's transfer value is not nearly going to be as high as the other two. Mo is one of, arguably one of the best players in the world. And even though Mane is not far off that, you think Mo is probably the one you'd want to keep. So by the process of elimination, you know, if, if Mane has a very a high transfer value this summer, now might be the time while he's his contract is still in doubt. You know, if Mbappe leaves PSG, you know, maybe a French speaking player is a natural transition there. The problem is I think a lot of these teams are going to find is there's just only so many spots for these players to go. If Mo were to leave, where is he going? Who is going to be paying for him? So it's, I, it's I mean, PSG and that's it. That, that, that's who that's, that's the most solid market. They're the only because one. If Re- yeah. Cause if Real signing Mbappe, they're probably not going to go sign Salah as well. Yeah. And, and Barca don't have any money. They don't have any money, and Madrid seems dead set on Mbappe. Maybe if Mbappe decided to change <laughs> Newcastle. <laughs> Newcastle, I mean, yeah, that would be a weird uh, one from Moe or Sadio. Hey, uh, go slum it in the even farther north until you can drag the team back up for a little bit. I mean, you'll be paid handsomely. But yeah, there's only so many avenues. Um, but I think... Liverpool are still going to have to be creative because if this Erling Holland thing happens, I mean, they're still going to have to be on the front foot. They're still going to have to be thinking of ways to get ahead of this, you know, to stay competitive, you know, in an environment where city can just spend insane amounts of money. They can burn a hundred million on Jack Relish, you know, an inferior player to, you know, we spent half on Diaz and who's already done so much better, not the same player at all, but just as a easy shot taking comparison. But eventually Liverpool are going to have to make a decision and they're going to have to cash in on somebody and turn that money into the next player or Rafinha or somebody like that. And maybe it just, it's good timing. You know, Sadio had that last season, you know, tough last season. Everybody was ready to to jettison him. It would be hard for him to leave. I mean, nobody, I mean, it's almost like a Sophie's choice in a way. No one wants any of these guys to leave, but time, you know, father time's undefeated and eventually a decision is going to have to be made. But until then, you got to hand it to Klopp. I mean, he's pushing all the right buttons, and for you know to go with Diaz, Mane, and Salah up front. I mean, you saw it today. That is our best trio at the moment up front, and I don't, I don't even think there's a question about it. As good as Jota has been at times, or Bobby can be. So, I think one of the important things to realize, though, is that we play Everton on Sunday, and Debakariki was on the bench tonight. Are you tempted for the sake of nostalgia to start Big Divvy against Everton at the weekend? Because he loves playing against Everton. It's on a Sunday, though, not a Saturday, just to be clear. so It's fine. But, the, the goal that he scored on, the, the, the Pickford header off the crossbar was on, was on a Sunday, too. Okay. It felt like a Saturday. But the weekend is probably enough. You know, it's Divvy. I mean, there's enough of him to go around the full weekend. I think not I mean, for nostalgia, but just the, the sake of banter. I would just, just start <laughs> here. Yeah, we're not too worried right? about you guys. <laughs> but I, I yeah. think it is going to be interesting to see what Klopp does against Everton with Villarreal coming shortly thereafter. Because if you think about it, even though we have pretty much a full recovery between now and then, and it seems like everybody on our team has escaped the wars relatively unscathed, right now with the exception of Bobby Firmino, I guess, who has a minor foot injury, what 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 would you do to plan playing as Everton on a Sunday and then go and then be at home on the Wednesday? Do you think that it's just going to be like this week where it's just you know the the one change each probably of Konate and Matip flipping and Keita and Henderson, or do you think that you're going or, or do you think that you know there there is going to be scope for some changes on the forward line and maybe someone like Jota does get a start on Sunday? I don't know, Lubo, you, you're uh, you've got you've got thoughts. <laughs> I, w- I would say uh, Jota would start. He did very well at, at Goodison Park. He had that, that a great, uh, great. I think it was the third or fourth goal, uh, maybe in the fourth goal that he scored with his left foot. 
Uh, I mean, that was actually one of the reasons why I thought that Jodak would start today against uh, Man United. But uh, it, it's possible that uh, you know it clearly Klopp saw it differently. But I, I, I see I see Jota starting. I, I could see Divi starting uh, against uh, uh, Everton as well. Possibly Mo because he's indestructible, and now that he scored two, he'll probably score two in every game the rest of the season. Uh, but and also it'll depend on what what the situation is with with uh, with Bobby's uh, his food, right? So hopefully nothing nothing big, and he, he could be available. I could easily see Diogo, Bobby, and and Mo against uh, against Everton with some early sub for Mo, basically. Uh, and then you possibly start the same three players that you started today uh, um, at uh, against Villarreal, knowing that you have the five subs. And, and believe me, I mean, it, all the rumors are that Divi is going to AC Milan, uh, and I think that is a great move for him. It, it's it's a, a he'll play Champions League. Um, so AC Milan got destroyed today by Inter in the in the cup uh, in the Coppa Italia. But um, but regardless, they have a very good chance to um, uh, win the title, and they'll definitely be in the Champions League. So. All the best to Divi, uh, but if if he can uh, cap his uh, sort of a career at at Liverpool with uh, another spanking of Everton uh, on on Sunday, I, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. And Scott, I, I want to I want to get you know your thoughts on Mr. Origi for Sunday and whether or not you actually think this is something that could actually happen, or if I'm just being a dick and throwing some banter out. Oh, it's all for the Bants. I mean, there's never a bad time for the Bants, especially against uh, our inner city rivals, especially one that we should still hold a grudge against for what they did last season. I mean, it's it's funny for me. I mean, I don't live in Liverpool. I've never actually been to the city yet. Still trying to find my way to get there. But, you know, being an outsider, I never really hated Everton. You know, I, coming from Chicago, it's kind of like how Cubs fans who don't live in Chicago really don't care about the White Sox. It's not a team you deal with that much. It's not a team that you see. You don't have to live with, you know, people who root for the other team literally next door to you like you do, you know, in Chicago with the baseball teams or in Liverpool with the red and the blue. So I always, you know, so, you know, it's like, yeah, I know it's a big game. I want to beat them. want to see Liverpool win all the time. But I never really hated Everton, you know, the way, you know, you have that, you know, the next door neighbor rivalry. Until they hurt our beautiful boys. They they knocked Verge out for the season and kind of ruined most of Tiago's season last year. So now it's just want to see them suffer at all costs. And yeah, for the Bants, for us, it'd be hilarious to bring on Origi because it's just such a random player to torment them. But I think, in all seriousness, Jurgen doesn't seem like he's really messing around. I mean, personally, I would rotate. I would try to use this in Newcastle to buy as much energy as you can you know against some of these lower table teams although newcastle's on a great run because i I think that the team that plays against villarreal probably in both legs needs to be the one from the fa cup semifinal so then you take guys like hendo jota bobby if he's healthy Simikas, uh matip you know use those guys to fill in where you can maybe get curtis jones a run out i mean i'd absolutely start curtis this weekend i'd get as many scousers in the team as possible you know they know what they know what this kind of uh, occasion is like, but what will Jurgen do? I mean, it'll probably be pretty pretty strong. I mean, I would personally be resting Mo, but I wouldn't be shocked to see him out there. Um, and if he goes full force, maybe he'll just say, "Let's blast him for forty five, sixty minutes, and then call the dogs off." But uh, I would hope we try and buy some some energy because if we're gonna do this thing, the, the word starts with a Q that we're not gonna mention. We're gonna have to use the squad. And the good thing is they're as healthy as they've ever been. Yeah, I think that that's a, that's a really good point. Now, I think one of the things that's going to be interesting, though, is to see how Klopp manages the midfield and who's getting minutes there. Because as we've seen in the last few games, it's really been Henderson and Keita or Thiago and Keita who have been kind of interchanged and flipped with Curtis getting a few minutes at the right side at eight it, 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 um, when Henderson slotted it at the six to give Fabinho a rest. But uh, and then also with James Miller actually getting uh, a, a big run out against Benfica. But what do you who who in the midfield do you really think that you want to see get so, you know get a lot of minutes before the end of the season? And do you think can really help you know progress us and push us forward towards uh, what towards where we want to be uh, come May, Lubo? Uh, like, what are your thoughts on the midfield? 
I mean, it's it's pretty clear, or at, until recently, that that Klopp had that his starting midfield was Fabinho, Thiago Henderson. That's who he started today. Keita was your number four who would come in for Thiago, or sometimes he would come in for Henderson. Then you had your your James Milner as your uh, you know late game uh, player that you wanted to bring in and just flip people up in the air. And then Curtis Jones once in a while would come in, and that basically is has been it. I mean, I know at one point of time he had like, and he still has like nine midfielders if you want to count Tyler Morton, but he's narrowed it down to about five, maybe six if you count uh, Curtis. Uh, Harvey, uh, who knows? I think he's been, he's basically, you know, he's been told you have to wait until next year. Ox has probably been told uh, you have to find a new team. And, and Klopp did this the last year as well. When we, uh, last season, when we had that 10, 10 um, game uh, run, um, we, it was basically just Fabinho, Thiago, and Gini, pretty much all 10 games. And I think he's starting to kind of narrow down. The the, the 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 players that he's using that's why also even attack we're not seeing Taki we're not seeing really Divi uh, but um, I, I think it's going to be uh, ultimately um, as much as he he respect he quote unquote respects Everton and he wants the three points from the game uh, I would like to see him try to get uh, Tiago uh, Fabinho and Keda against uh, Villarreal. And then you kind of work backwards and say, okay, well, who do I want on Sunday? Probably we'll see Henderson because it's a derby. We could see Curtis Jones come in as well for a period of time. Uh, and so, um, I don't know. I, I, I do think that uh, I, I, would, I would not be surprised if we see um, uh, Keita, Fabinho, and Hendo on, on uh, Sunday possibly with uh, uh, Naby coming out a bit earlier to just get some rest, maybe for Curtis Jones. But uh, Klopp is not going to do a lot of rotation, in my opinion. I mean, he'll still do some, but he's not going to bring your uh, sixth and seventh attacker and your seventh and eighth midfielder. I don't think so. Even though it would be good for David to come in. And, and, and speaking of players who were injured by Everton, that that really was what ruined uh, Divi's career. It was that uh, injury um, by Funes Mori. I think it was back in 2016. Broke his broke his ankle, um, and maybe that is why he has this passion, this this vendetta against Everton. And I would love to see him come in. I doubt he starts, but I'd love to see him come in against Everton and and, and do some major damage and and hopefully embarrass Pickford again. Speaking of players who were injured by uh, Everton last season, Kevin, take me through your thoughts on uh, one diminutive Spanish midfielder named Thiago. Jeez. <laughs> um, uh, today and, and the last match, I have to say, um, he was the best midfielder on the planet. He looked like he was... I saw it a few times on, on Twitter. Um like a Harlem Globetrotter. He was just, just toying with them. It looked like it was one. It was a lot of fun. He was having a lot of fun today and it was just, I, I don't know. And he's, he's been in the game a long time and to be able to still do the stuff that he does and to find the space and to use his body the way he does. And even though he, he does have sort of an injury track record is it's pretty immense. And today he was, it was just a world class performance. And I think, um, it's on the back of a, you know, a probably 45 minutes or, you know, or so maybe 50, 60 minutes of a world class performance against city before we kind of <laughs> shut down and, you know, got a little bit complacent, but, um, yeah, he's just, he's immense. And, and I, I was texting with uh, my brother-in-law, who's a big Barcelona fan, um, during the match, and he's just like, he's one of my favorite players of all time, and I have no idea what Barca was was seeing when he, um, when they let him go at such a young age. Um, you know, he was a product of of them basically, and you know, everybody else sort of reaped the benefits, including us. Um, and yeah, to go back to your previous question, I think keeping Tiago on the pitch, keeping Navi Keita on the pitch keeping Fabinho on the pitch and keep, even keeping Henderson on the pitch um, in the situations where he needs to be there over one of the other two 
is going to push us through what we need to be pushing for. Um, and I say for with pun intended. Um, so yeah, it's just, uh, he's an amazing player. And today is just an example. It, it may be his greatest performance for us, but I've seen, I've seen some other performances that were, it just shows how great he actually is. He's such a world-class player and one of the best midfielders in the world. And Lubo, um, you know, coming off the back of what Kevin's saying, I, I, I'm going to make a point. I want to know if you kind of agree or disagree with it. So much has been made over the last few games about the performances of Nabi Keita against City and Thiago against United. Um, it, and then, you know, Jordan Henderson obviously is like a moth to a flame for people talking after games. Does it feel at some point as if we're starting to throw Fabinho under the radar for exactly what he brings to this team and just how important he is? Um, I mean, today he felt like, you know, obviously today being day against United, he didn't even feel like he was being spoken about very much, but that United couldn't advance the ball past him. He was, you know, hugely instrumental in, in, in winning the ball back for, for Thiago time after time. And then allow, and then getting the ball to Tiago where he could turn and move. So I want to know what you thought about Fabinho lately because it seems like he's also been in a outside of a first half against City, a really rich vein of form. He he is, and I I think Fabinho is one of those players that you really don't realize how much you miss him when you don't have him. And I think it was especially last year when he was moved to 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 center back. And he played there, and he was actually was a very good center back. But I think what what you realize then is how much the team defensively suffered, not because he was at center back, but because he wasn't in midfield. And you saw the number of through balls that are going in, and the number of uh, just uh, balls behind the center backs that are going going in. And and you realize ultimately, and and Klopp has admitted to that. The problem was that that Fabinho just wasn't there to to intercept those balls, to make those tackles, to be in the right positions. And and honestly, um, I, I agree with you. I mean, I've I've been watching him, and he's still the same Fabinho. He, if you look at the numbers, he's still, you know, he's still in the right positions. He's intercepting. He's just he's just um, you know he has had. Uh, Nabi and and Thiago on either side who have just put up, put up some monster performances. So he he hasn't had to do anything beyond just being himself, being in that middle of the pitch and just screening the center backs. And I think that is just fine for me. <laughs> so, and and I, I'm not sure that Fabinho necessarily wants the 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 the, the plaudits either. But as long as he he remains healthy. And he can continue to play um, and to, to, to allow the team to have that platform in front of uh, uh, the center backs uh, for, for the eights and then the attackers to express themselves. I, I think that is just perfect for, for him. I think that's just perfect for, for, uh, for the team. That, um, for, yeah, Fabinho can charge forward too. I mean, I think you're right, Lugo. You want him at his best when he's just breaking a play and kind of just refusing to let anybody pass them. But we've seen him. I mean, he can pick out a pass, that lob ball over the top that's unlocked a few defenses, or that screamer he had at Anfield in the 3-1 versus City in the title-winning season. I mean, that's that's what he has, and he can bring out when it's necessary. But when you actually surround him with midfielders where he doesn't have to do the creative work, he can let Thiago control everything and then have Nabi be the one to, you know, really be the one progressing up the pitch. I mean, it really makes it easy on him and simplifies what he has to do. But even today, I mean, Henderson played well and was probably one of the best versions we've seen. Henderson having someone that like next to him allows him to do the things that he's best at. But I mean, if, down the stretch here, it would not shock me if there was a couple moments where he got involved in the play moving forward. And that just speaks to what Liverpool have when they're at their best. It's just relentless. I mean, the commentators brought it up today. It was just, even when we lose the ball, we get it back right away, and then it's right back down into the final third. And when you're just relentless like that, and there are multiple players who can do that, Joel Matip, we love a Joel Matip, you know, baby giraffe, you know, dribble and run. We love it when those things happen. But there's just so many players on the side that can do that. And I think that's what makes them special when they're at their best. And we've seen that, you know, the first 45 minutes against Benfica, 
again, you know, first 45 against City and pretty much all today, although a lot of that is just how bad United are that they couldn't put up much resistance, but it it's just breathtaking. I mean, it literally leaves you, you know, it's just one, one move after another constantly, and, and that level of intensity is what separates us from virtually every other side. Yeah, Fab's an interesting player because it's... I, I do like, obviously, he can score a rocket, and he's one of the better penalty takers I've ever seen. Just, Oof. yeah, like you could have two keepers in there. Um, but he, he's interesting in the fact is that his role, he's in a role, he's such a good player, but he's in a role that if everything goes right in his role, nothing happens. And that's his whole job is to create nothing from happening, right? So. <laughs> It's hard to quantify his importance to the team because, um, when he, you know, if he has a game, even like today where, you know, there was, you could say there was like 11 stars on the pitch. I mean, Allison didn't do much. He had a great save for an offside thing, but, um, yeah, it's just, it gets kind of overshadowed how important he is, um, to us. And he's got to be, you know, if he's not the best defensive midfielder in the world he's he's one of a couple maybe him and Conte I don't know um he can make arguments for either but the yeah so if he has a day like today nothing happens you know so it, it's it's hard to quantify and I think that's why he gets a little bit underappreciated but you know and then some days he comes and scores a 40-yard rocket and you're like oh yeah he could do that too so yeah interesting player there, really there were so many there were several instances today that I was uh, noticing where Fabinho would just back up Thiago, would back up Hendo. So when they would be uh, counter-pressing, and um, a lot of the counter-pressing was happening on the sides, and it'll be interesting to see when we get the the the, the next under-pressure uh, podcast and look at the numbers and look at the dashboards that uh, that uh, I, uh, Dan Kennett posts in, in, in the chat. But it felt that... Um, Depending on which side of the of the pitch the the counter press was on, there was always uh, Fabinho was there to either uh, team up with Thiago or team up with with uh, Hendo and and just retrieve the ball. And you could just see his long legs just sticking out and just <laughs> getting to the ball and and trying to intercept, trying to tackle, and then we're able to recover the ball. And and that is a little that there's so much of that. Um, I, I don't know, dirty, unglamorous work that just happens in exactly like um, uh, Kev was saying. You, you don't really notice it unless you really look for it. But he was all over the place today. I, it just, but it was always in, in, in pairs. Was so, much, so, much, so much of it was just backing up either uh, Thiago or, or Hendo to just uh, help uh, intercept or recover the ball. So we're going to switch gears to a closing topic to uh, to take us on the tunnel now. And uh, the, the one we're going to talk about is we played Chelsea in another final. Um, what do you... I want to know just what do you guys expect for the FA Cup final? And if you think that it'll be any different than any of the other times where we've effectively played Chelsea to, to a stalemate the entire time. I, for one, happen to think that if we have Tiago available for that game, we might actually wreck them because they really still haven't seen Tiago from the start from us. So, Scott, I'm going to go to you first. I mean, Tiago would be such a <laughs> improvement over it. I mean, it felt the, the 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 League Cup match was really unfortunate because you could see it on Tiago's face just how much he was crushed, and and certainly the day ended well and. All's well that ends well. But, I mean, that was a wild game because there really was no reason for that match to end nil-nil and go all the distance. I mean, there was plenty of chances, maybe some dodgy VAR calls, but we'll take them. It worked out for us. But you figure you play that game ten times. How many times is there, out of ten is it really going to finish nil-nil? That might have been probably the only one just because of how chaotic it was. So. If you have somebody who can calm down some of the chaos and and start, you know help us control more, we probably limit some of their chances and and still have some of ours. And I think one of the biggest things for me, though, it, it is interesting watching Chelsea play. Is they they do seem to have this, you know, they they might have figured it out up top. They might have figured it out with Werner, Mount, and Havertz who are playing very well. I mean, 
I like Lukaku. I think he just really need, should, ne- should never have gone to Chelsea. should just stay away from there because when he goes there, that's where things go wrong for him. But that's the thing for Chelsea. I mean, they were so good you know, at their best at the end of last season and to start early this season. They were so at their best when they were playing defensively. It's just they, they needed – they were relying on unsustainable goals from defense and other places, and as soon as those goals dried up, you know, they also were relying on some some aging players at the back. Things just kind of fell apart for them. But they'll be difficult. I, I, I think the proof is in the pudding. You play 270 minutes of deadlock football, only separated by you know, one penalty out of 11 each because Kepa had to take one. I mean, it speaks to the closeness of the teams when they actually face off if the table doesn't. We're still in for everything. They're not. But I don't think it'll be pleasant by any means. Uh, they're one of our, I, I hate Chelsea. I mean, they're one of our most bitter rivals. So any match against them is it's fun when we win, but it's a real pain in the ass because it's, it's one of those matches that it seems like no matter how good either team is, there's always pretty tight they they can you know, hazard in the past nick things off of us he shouldn't so you figure it's just one of those matches when you really face off against a rival sometimes you the the old trope of throwing out the records but uh, that team that faced off against city in the fa cup that that team you'd back them they'd have to be the favorite they'd have to be the one if you had to put your money on it's just going to be a matter of how much are they going to make a sweat hopefully not a lot And, uh, Luber, do you think this, this time it's going to be different? Well, it's going to be a tough match. And, and as Scott said, we, we've had three games with nothing to separate us. And, in fact, if you go back uh, even to when we had healthy teams, if you go back to the Super Cup that we played against them, uh, we, again, beat them on penalties. I think that was... And we had Adrian in goal, and he saved one. Um, and then we, uh, I think we lost at home when we didn't have, uh, you know, we had that stretch of six games losing at home. But for the most part, it has been, uh, it has been a very awkward team to play just because they're good. But uh, I do agree with Scott. If we are, if we have the team that started uh, on on Saturday against Man City, especially one of the things that navigate, I know he he came on. Um, because Thiago got injured, he had that uh, unfortunate uh, last-minute thing. But he did such a phenomenal job on Kante. And, and Kante is the engine. And I think there's very few midfielders, there's very few players in the game who could possibly neutralize Kante. And I think that uh, uh, Naby is one of them. So if, if you had the team, again, that started against Man City with with uh, Bab, Thiago, Naby, and I would put Konate... And next to Virgil, just for the speed against that that, that Chelsea attack, you you have to you have to feel confident. You have to feel confident, and you have to feel that Mo is going to score this time. And you have to feel that uh, we have will be able to convert some of those chances. It's not going to be an easy game, but um, I don't know. I I think that uh, it's we've we've been able to some now again outside of that the game we lost last season at at Anfield. Somehow we've been able to make it um, across the line, and I'm hopeful that we can do that again in the FA Cup final, especially because Chelsea, even though they're out of the Champions League, they do have a lot of games to play. Their schedule is not that much easier. They have some injury situations. They're, they're still Not everything is perfect with them, and, and I feel that with enough luck with uh, everyone staying healthy and club being able to put the right lineup, uh, we should be able to, uh, uh, to, to, to win the FA Cup. Guess I'll go. Uh, <laughs> just, I mean, honestly, just echo the other two. If that Manchester City semifinal team is able to play, uh, caveat being that the FA Cup final is before the end of the season. So we have lots to think about, um, around that time, hopefully. Um, that team should be able to beat all comers, um, I would think. But as Lubo said, it's Conte, but I think it's also um, Kovacic or Kovacic. I don't know how he pronounces it personally, but um, he's just so press resistant, that guy. So it's Conte, I still think, is their best player. Um, It's it's one of these positions, like we're talking about with Fab, it's just so important to a team. He's a slightly different player. Than Fab, but he, he's 
sort of playing the same sort of uh the same sort of idea um but and where we facilitate to Nabi or you know more importantly Tiago they they get it to to Kovacic and and then they're they're off and running from there and Kovacic can hold the ball like Ronaldo used to be able to and you know and 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 the way Keita can for us and and Tiago to an extent so stop those two and you stop Chelsea. Um, yeah, I mean, Scott's right. I think they may have figured out the front three now, or at least, um, some sort of, uh, functioning unit, um, where, you know, Werner's not too concerned about scoring goals and he's more trying to provide and, and give, you know, width and, and drive and that sort of thing. And they're kind of leaving it to the other two. Um, and then they obviously have weapons off the bench, but, and on paper, they're a great team. They're just, you know, but we're better than them. And and I think, I don't think it will end in a, I don't think it will go to penalties. I'll put it this way. And, um, and as Scott said, that, that last time we played them in the final, that there's no way that should have ended nil nil, um, for any number of reasons, but here we are. And then we had 11 perfect penalties and, and everything was fun. But, um, yeah, I, I think we'll beat them, um, as long as we are, continuing how we're going and we're rotating correctly and and everybody's staying reasonably healthy and we have the energy and you need some kinds of luck in, in this game when you get to the business end of the season and as long as it goes slightly our way um yeah we'll be on our way speaking of luck Kovacic is hurt right now he's out for two weeks with that angle injury from the palace match so he should oh, probably be back in time for the FA cup but these things are weird, and hey, we got lucky. City took a bit of a kicking out there at the Wanda. Thanks a lot, Diego. You did your job. <laughs> I think that played a big role for our win on the weekend, so you just you never know with some of those things. And if he's compromised at all, and I was looking up Conte's minutes, it, to me it hasn't felt that Conte's had that great of a season. He's still in the goal of Conte. He can still put in a performance when needed. But and he always he had, plays he, against us. Always yeah, plays he, well against us. He he has, and he played a lot against Real Madrid, but he hasn't been starting regularly. It's been an inter- that midfield, and maybe rotation is good. I mean, Nagolo's thirty-one, but if we catch them on the wrong time, and I mean, gosh, they're going to keep throwing Thiago Silva out there. I, I what is Luis Diaz going to do to some of their backline that just <laughs> doesn't have the pace? Right. I, I mean, that's another thing that you kind of to play devil's advocate is that this is the only thing they care about right now. Right, so they're pretty much locked for third, and they're ninety nine point nine 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 percent going to the Champions League next year, and that's it. So the FA Cup final is is their only thing. Um, whereas we are still in lots of races, so um, that could, depending on the luck we've been talking about with you know with injuries and, and rotation and energy levels and mentality, even could play a role. Um, but again, that team against Manchester City and even that team today could do serious damage to 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 lots and lots of teams. Yeah. And I looked at this. If you look at the schedule, uh, we play Aston Villa on Tuesday and then the FA Cup uh, final is on Saturday. So that should be plenty of time to, 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 to rest. I think that um, as, long as, as long as the players stay healthy, uh, Klopp should be able to have whoever he wants fully rested for for the uh, the, the the final. Obviously, it depends on when the Southampton game is going to be, but 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 hopefully, hopefully, with everyone healthy, he should be able to pick the the, the right lineup. And the nice thing right now, he has options. He's been rotating rotating very nicely. People are uh, have rhythm. They're available. He could bring in Diogo. He could bring in. Bobby, if you need it, the, the front three today, the midfield, uh, the center backs have been rotated nicely, so everyone's been uh, getting time. Even even Joe recently has been playing. So I, I'm I, I'm 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 hopeful. I'm positive, and I think if if we had our best uh, eleven against Chelsea's best eleven, I still think we're we're the better team. Whether it's sixty five thirty five or sixty forty, whatever you want to give it, we're the better team, and with enough luck, uh, we should be winning that final. And Chelsea Plus are away, I, away at Leeds a day a day later, so they're going to have a day less. Recovery. Yeah, that's a lot of running for them. But I mean, whatever the opposite of having to face off against Simeone Ball at, at the Wanda, that's what facing off against Stevie with Villa will be. He, he, he's not going to be sending his boys out there 
to, to injure, to tear, to tire us out. Those guys are going to, it's going to be a nice yeah, friendly jog. Trying to win. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be a nice friendly jog. They're not going to have much to play for. I don't think Stevie's going to, I mean, sure. He'd probably like to win, but he's not going to be employing the dark arts against us. I don't expect any of that. No, I don't either. And I think that's a good place to end. Um, you know, it, it, it's going to be an exciting month, month and a half. And, uh, Let's hope that we, when we, you know, when we next talk, we're we're talking about some silverware being in the offing. Uh, that that a great place to end would be Stevie G winning the league for us on the final day. Just throwing that out there. It would be a great place, but uh, let's not give that man a medal. Eight. If that happens, make sure he gets a winner's medal, hundred uh, percent. And Phil Coutinho, Phil Coutinho scoring the winner against uh, against <laughs> yeah. <Man City. laughs> Hey, if Lalana scores this weekend against City, he can have a medal too. Medals for everybody. Handing out medals tomorrow. 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 Oh, tomorrow. That's right. The winning yeah. goal in the 89th minute. I'll take a dour no no. <laughs> I would too. I would too. Yeah, that that still accomplishes what we needed to. But uh, I think that's I think that is now a good place to end it. Um, thanks to anybody who uh, you know chooses to listen to this and. Uh, Again, if you've lived under a rock and this is the first football podcast you're picking up in a long time, how did you get here? We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds, and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.